So I'm just going to ask for questions tonight. Are there any questions? I've been thinking when we say that God is um, <clears throat> the product of the devotee's heart, it sounds uh, similar to when, say, atheists of common people say he's the product of the human mind. And there's a lot of things that are the highest thing in transcendence, and they're so dangerously similar to the lowest thing in this world. So I, got, I came with an answer, but I wanted to hear what you have to say about that. Because whenever we say that, it sounds like somebody would say, well, see, we've always said that, and it's just a problem of that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that the important point is that a devotee's heart is not an ordinary heart. Sometimes we talk about love of God, and we um, speak of it as wise love, um, as opposed to the unwise love of the world that knows no reason and is, can be problematic. Hmm? And so there's an infusion of, of, of knowledge into the, the heart of the devotee. That's one of the components of the uh, um, Swarup Shakti, the Sambit Shakti. So um, it's, not a, it's not an un, un, unenlightened love as to the nature of the world and so forth. It's not that we say God is a product of the conditioned, materially conditioned mind or um, materially uh, burdened, attached heart. It's a cleansed heart, a purified um, mind. Indeed, the first stage in the culture of love of Godhead um, through the recommended practice of Sankirtan is to is cheto darpana margin to cleanse the mirror of the mind or heart. Hmm. So there's quite a <coughs> distinction there hmm, between what we, we, we mean when we say that in one sense God is... Um, corresponds with the heart of the devotee and to be extreme about it. Use extreme language. We say God is a product of the heart of the devotee. Uh, that very much uh, uh, emphasizing by such speech the efficacy of bhakti, hmm? um, the importance of bhakti, the very kind of Godia idea. These are very Godia feelings. To emphasize bhakti over Bhagwan, for example, as as we do, to emphasize Radha over Krishna, in in, in a sense. Hmm? Um, so there's quite a distinction between that and the psych psychologist reaching the conclusion that that it's that the mental and emotional um, conviction, faith, belief in a god or an afterlife is something that, that may be good for people hmm? and help them to live I in this world and might help some people be better persons and so forth. So there's a, there's a place for it. We, 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 we acknowledge it, we appreciate it and so forth. That's a very different idea because it refers to the materially conditioned, attached mind and, and heart and its necessities and so forth. And, and it's a creation that, as defined in, in psychology, or thought of, I should say, in, in psychology, it's a creation um, arising out of a, out of a um, material necessity. Hmm? And love of God, it is 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 not um, something that arises out of a necessity or a necessity for something um, material. Hmm. Of course, it does have those effects of helping us to live better in the world and so on and so forth. But at any rate, there's a there's a huge distinction between what we talk about the devotee's heart and. Uh, the heart or mind of um, 
and that hasn't undergone the sadhana, spiritual practice, and so on and so forth, that uh, they may also think about um, about God. Um, so we are really talking about when we say the devotee's heart is synonymous with with God, with the form of God. We're really talking about Krishna's Swarup Shakti, hmm? because that's what Bhakti is constituted of, and the ingress of Swarup Shakti into the heart of the jiva. Hmm? The jiva is constituted such that it can respond to that hmm? in such a way that that. That the, that the manifestation of bhakti takes place. It doesn't happen in relation to uh, jada, in, in relation to matter. Hmm? It's asat, achit, nirananda, but to the jiva, satchit, ananda, has potential for loving. Hmm? Um, so, uh, when we say, as I say, that Bhagavan corresponds with the heart of the devotee, we're saying that Bhagavan corresponds with his Swarup Shakti, that there's there's a unity and a difference that's simultaneous and inter, interpenetrable kind of union and difference between God, Bhagavan, and his and his primal Shakti. Examples sometimes given of the, the moon and its shine. You can talk about them as separate things, but they're interpenetrable. Hmm? You can't really have one uh, w- w- without the other. Um, and it's moonshine, of course, it makes you, you know, think like differently and <laughs> well, that things are possible that wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be um, otherwise. Use a At any rate, so... <laughs> So the moon and its shine, they're one and, one and different in a, in a sense. The, the fire and its heat and light are, are one and different. The fire being the energetic heat and life, heat and light being the, that energy that's generated. So the energy and the energetic. This is Shakti, Shakti Man. Uh, so with regard to the Sarup Shakti, the Sarup Shakti, as we say that K- Krishna and his Shaktis are one and different in that the shaktis are dependent upon him. They have no independent existence. So they're they're part of what is the existence of God. Hmm. God is possessed of shaktis, powers, potencies, energies. Hmm. So they're not separable in that sense. At the same time that they're dependent upon him, if we analyze the three primary um, or most uh, prominent Shaktis, we have the Maya Shakti, the Jiva Shakti, and the Sarup Shakti. We find that, as far as the one and difference goes, that Maya Shakti is more different than one, and the Sarup Shakti is, is much more one than different. Hmm? And the Jiva Shakti is kind of in between. Uh, its natural position is to be more one under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, which is more one than different. Its unnatural position is to be under the influence of the Maya Shakti and, and be more different and have an appa- experience an apparent separation or absence of, uh, of God and uh, distance from its source or an awareness of its source. So, anyway, there's a big difference between Captain Kirk's statement that I referenced the other day on the last journey. When he said, I think, when they went to find God, the last journey of of the original Star Trek series, and um, Dr. Spock asked, well, what do you think? Did we find him or not? And and then he said, Kirk said, I I think he resides in the human heart, to which Spock kind of took some exception, being heartless or unemotional, maybe a more positive way to, to speak about him. Um, so that idea is what you're saying that my uh, often uh, uh, references to Krishna being one with the devotee's heart and so forth. 
could be uh, misunderstood to be speaking about is actually speaking about something very different. And it's important for persons like yourself to explain that to people in general. I speak more readily to an audience that is familiar with um, many of these uh, concepts. And um, so they're less readily uh, misunderstood. But it's a good point, and, and, um, and, um, and that's basically the, the difference. Again, we're speaking about how Krishna and his Srup Shakti are one. In terms of the Veda Veda, they're one and different, but the oneness is, well, one defines the other in a sense. I mean, I speak about it in a very ex- extreme terms when I say, well, what is the meaning of uh, that Brahman has no form, no qualities, no no movement, hmm? and why? Because it has no no, no shakti is operative, hmm? no, no, no no swarup shakti in particular, no, no bhakti is operative. Because when we see Bhagavan Sri Krishna, then he's operative, moving, and so forth, if you will, under the influence of the Bhakti. Some people might take exception to that in some way, but it's a, it's just a kind of an emphasis. It's really hard to take exception to entirely, but it sounds like, wait a minute, you know, Krishna comes first and Bhakti comes next, and and it's often how it's 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 thought about. But the, the, there's no there's no timing in, in in all of this, and really the teaching is that they are. For example, Radha is the personification of the fullest measure, the expression of bhakti, Mahabhav Swarupini. So she um, is, that's the teaching, one with Krishna. Hmm? She and Krishna are one. Uh, Mahabhav Rasaraj Duyekarup. Hmm? And of course, that manifests in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that we, when we celebrate that. So that's what we're, we're saying. We're saying that 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 that, that uh, Radha defines Krishna. Radha gives meaning to the to 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 the uh, um, gives gives movement, character, quality, personality hmm, to Brahman. Hmm. Um, I've given an example like a young girl can turn a guy into who's a bump on the log into somebody exciting, perhaps you know, <laughs> something like that. Who's a who's a who's a um, you know a um, couch sitter or something or whatever. It doesn't you know get involved in the in the party. Suddenly, bring him to life, something like that. Of course, these are you know. Then we speak about it. We're using time and language and and so forth, but. That doesn't really um, apply. So I think it is hard to get around, and it is a nice way of emphasizing the uh, uh, bhakti which Krishna himself bows to, pays tribute to. This is the center of of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. That's why I say, if we say the world comes from Krishna, where does Krishna come from? Krishna comes from Radha. Where does Radha come from? Radha comes from Krishna. Hmm. Uh, That's fair. Uh, you know, if you go, as I said before, in, in a circle, then things can make sense. If I ask you which comes first, the seed or the tree, and you look at it from a linear, rectilinear point of view, you can never come up with the answer. Hmm? If we look at it as a circle, then you have the answer. Neither one is first. At least you have an answer. <laughs> Neither one is first. Otherwise, you cannot answer the question. <laughs> Hmm? So, so this is what we mean hmm? we refer to Krishna's Sarup Shakti which the essence of which is, is Bhakti the fullest expression of which is Radha that's why I say there's a little Radha in every devotee hmm? a little bit of Radha in every, she's Ladini Shakti she is the, the, the fullest as they say expression of Bhakti hmm? so she it like draws together like a channel, like a, like a canal, the ocean of Krishna and the drop that is the jiva. And she's venerable by both. Hmm? 
So Krishna and the jiva are both um, paying their respects to Radha, to Bhakti. Hmm? And Bhakti is, worship, is, is engaged in for its own sake, so we do Bhakti for the sake of Bhakti, not for anything else. The fact that, that Krishna becomes part of that is, 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 is kind of a secondary consequence. <laughs> Of course, he's required for it, but but again, what we're saying is, Krishna is found in bhakti. People say sometimes, "Have you seen Krishna?" And I sometimes say, "Well, I wasn't looking. I was looking how to serve Krishna." Hmm? So if we, if that's where you'll you'll find Krishna. Have you served Krishna? That is a good question. Then you must know something about Krishna. The way to know him is to love him. To know, to know him is to love, to love him is to know him. I should say, the way to know him is to love him. And it can't be done with material senses. Material. That's what the verse. Tashi Krishna namadi nabavit grahimindri. Now, with material senses, can one know or serve Krishna? What does that mean? That means that bhakti has to descend, hmm? you see, and play herself out in our mind and in our senses. We say that the senses are imperfect for understanding comprehensively the nature of reality. And so when we say, okay, but you need your senses to do that, Nonetheless, in the words you say, well, uh, therefore we chant Hare Krishna, but you need ears, you need a tongue. Therefore we hear from our guru and the Shastra, but you need ears, you need a mind and intelligence to understand it. So you're not getting around the fact that your senses are imperfect, as you stated, and by them you cannot know. But the idea, of course, is that these are manifestations of... Uh, divinity, bhakti, in the form of the name, the, chant, the chanting, kirtan is bhakti, hmm? shastras, revelation, and so forth. And this bhakti, then, uh, is uh, manifests in the senses and in the mind hmm? and plays, plays them, so to speak. Hmm? And so there's a kind of knowing that results Realization, insight that wouldn't um, otherwise on the strength, strength of the senses, mind or intellect unto themselves. So, Atashi Krishna Namadi Nabhavid Grahya with the senses you cannot know God. And senses here means instruments of enjoyment in relation to sense objects, which is basically what the senses are aside from bhakti and spiritual culture. And in bhakti in particular has the spiritual culture. Because most spiritual cultures that are also ego-effacing, like bhakti, will insist upon really a, a not... a culture of not engaging the senses in connection with sense objects. Hmm. A culture of detachment, for example. Hmm? So I've often said... In the Gyan Marg, we advance by detachment. So, whereas in the Bhakti Marg, we advance by Sangha, by association, and that, and and and, and, and so we 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 are not involved in a divorcing of the senses from the sense objects, but rather we are engaged in. pursuing the perfect object of love hmm, with the through the through through bhakti that allows for sadhana bhakti engagement with the senses and the mind hearing the name seeing the beautiful deity and so on and so forth so this is and this is not has nothing to do with the enjoying spirit this is the serving Uh, culture 
So it's using the senses for something that's very in a very different way than which they are naturally used in relation to sense objects, attracted to them, to enjoy them, and so forth. So so senses means you can't understand Krishna with material senses means you can't understand Krishna with the enjoying spirit. Hmm? Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthitaka defined humility as absence of the enjoying spirit. And therefore the verse goes on to say, Sevan Mukahi Jivada Svayamevasparatina. You can have the spurti of Krishna, you can have the experience of Krishna by Sevan by service attitude. What it's saying is the service attitude is the antithesis of what the senses represent. Hmm? An opportunity, an apparent opportunity to be the enjoyer in relation to sense objects that are inanimate and to be used by my senses for their uh, um, desires, so to speak. Hmm? So it says you can understand Krishna with material senses, but with a serving ego you can't. It means the material senses are for enjoying. Now we are using them in a very different way by cultivating the serving ego. And um, so this again is the ingress of, of bhakti into the life of, of, of the jiva. And to the extent that that um, is uh, cultured and matured and so forth, and the object they focus on becomes more clear, becomes comes into focus, becomes um, the theological, as I like to say, sometimes person becomes a real person. And what I thought was the real person, me, the senses, hmm, defined by my likes and dislikes and so forth, disappears. Hmm. And from the onset, of course, that's the theory. It will disappear anyway. Hmm? Now, if you can use, if you can make lemonade out of lemons, then, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. It's uh, said, so here it is. It's a dying thing going in the opposite direction. We use it in such a way as to create a very, it's just the opposite, full spiritual life. So in this way, we, it's with the ingress of the Sarup Shakti into the heart of the jiva that one has love of God. And that Sarup Shakti, this is, this is uh, non-different from Krishna. This defines the absolute. This makes an indeterminate absolute determinate. This is the philosophical terms. Indeterminate means like quality-less. You can't determine it. Like consciousness is indeterminate. You, what is it? What's it? It's not like anything. It's it's different from everything. We, we even in Advaita Vedanta they tend to speak about Brahman as not this, not that, neti, neti, indeterminate, nirvishesh, hmm? without qualityless, immovable, being everywhere. As I often say, how can it move? Uh, so it has no movement, it has no leela, has no qualities, it's indeterminate, it has no uh, personality. Personality means qualities, and arguably um, movement as well, hmm. and shape. So um, Brahman is described as shapeless, formless, qualityless, um, immovable. Hmm. In the jiva, which is similar unto itself, also look at the Gita, how it's described. It's not like this, it's not like that. It can't be cut, it can't be burned, it can't be drowned, it's not like that. Um, so on and so forth. Now, Krishna, on the other hand, is determinate. There are a lot of things you can say about Krishna. He's like this, he's like that, and they're all positive things. It has these qualities, it's this form, that form, another form that he appears in for, for, for different devotees and different leelas and so forth. And he has paraphernalia and so forth. So this is um, uh, a, de- a determinate manifestation of the Absolute, which is then, obviously, lovable. How can you love an indeterminate 
absolute in some abstract way that has no correspondence with what we experience to be love, the shadow of love. The substance of love must be something like its shadow. Love, again, is not just not taking, not exploiting. So uh, Krishna is a very lovable form of the Absolute. So if, you, if your love is your ideal, if Ananda is the ideal... Hmm? is the real pursuit of the jiva. It, it, it exists, it's cognizant, and it pursues love, then it will be fulfilled in a determinate absolute that it has qualities, form, movement, personality, and so forth. You see, we turn the whole thing around. This is We, we make savikopa, hmm? uh, superior to nirvikopa, use the language of yoga, the samadhi. They think, first you will have savikalpa samadhi, then nirvikalpa samadhi. Hmm? Or what is the other term they use? Um, Asampragyata and sampragyata. Same thing, asampragyata, sampragyata. So they will meditate on something hmm, until... A certain quality, whatever, they say anything, flame, you know, flower, just concentrate on it, concentrate. And then take the mind off of all other subjects, only that one subject, and then remove that subject, that object, I should say, as well. And then near vikalpa. Vikalpa means differentiation, hmm? distinction. So do away with all distinction. And then the very distinction <laughs> that I am, <laughs> I mean, distinction as, a, as, a, as an individual entity, at least in the sense that this is one atom, this is another atom. They may have the same qualities, but they're, they're two different atoms at the same time. At least we are that different from one another. We are more different from one another and more individual from another one another in a dynamic and potential sense in that other than different than an atom or a billiard ball hmm, we we have will so will speaks of a dynamism in potential that in the face of the same options two wills may choose uh, different different things hmm? You understand? So, in that sense, we are more different from one another, an individual, than just two atoms. We have a potential by exercise of will that can make us very different. Hmm? You understand? Within the context of the environments that we are provided to make such choices from. Without an environment to make a choice, Maya provides an environment. Constituted of the modes of nature. So there are choices. So one jiva makes one choice, one jiva makes another choice. Uh, the problem, of course, with those choices is that, is that they're, they're, not, they're not usually in our, they're not in our interest, and then they get locked into them, so to speak. We create a habit for them, and almost our will starts to disappear. We become, start to become like matter. We start to move kind of like an automaton and, and, just based on our previous movements. Hmm? And um, so you need a jolt, you need divine intervention. That means the intervention of the sarup shakti, bhakti, into your life. And then then this bhakti, on the other hand, bhakti shakti, or the sarup shakti, that also provides choices. Hmm? Within the context of sarup shakti, which is all manifesting only for the pleasure of Krishna. Whatever he wants is happening. And that Shakti is the agency by which it's all happening. Hmm? So you come under that influence and then there are choices within that. Say so you come under a wave of Sakirasa, the influence. Every coward is different. Hmm? Every one of them is, is unique and different in Krishna's Sakirasa leelas. Each one thinks Krishna loves me the most, and each one of them is right. 
Such things are possible. Um, and, 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 and so within the context of the influence of the Sarup Shakti, the Mukta, Purusha, and Bhakti, has choices to make. And it's not a small amount of small variety there, whether it be Sakiras or Madhuryaras or a combination or something or Vatsaliras. It's uh, compared to the choices that are available here are very limited in, in, in comparison. So, so the jiva is is uh, is, uh, is 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 uh, is is such and what coming under the influence of 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 bhakti as bhakti defines bhagwan. Hmm? I mean, really, it does. According to one's bhakti, one sees God. Hmm? Now, you have to have real bhakti, not just your imagination and so forth, but when you're really under the influence of bhakti, then one sees God in a particular way, with particular qualities, particular movements or leelas in a particular form. Hmm? So as much as the, the bhakti is is making the absolute determinate with qualities and so forth, so it makes the, the, the individual jiva, hmm, whose will... Exercise, bhakti opportunity presents itself. Jiva cooperates. Some effort is there, grace and effort, and then it develops the personality. Hmm? It has an environment then, just like we have a personality here, because we have an environment that provides opportunity to make choices. So the Surup Shakti provides an environment, the choices, and so there are variety to the to the um, spiritual world. And that samadhi, that is a samadhi, obviously, uh, in, a, in a sense, it's uh, full absorption of the mind. This is it's different. The Baba has come and is riding on the mind, taking on the mind. The example sometimes given of of a um, iron rod placed in the fire. Hmm? So it becomes, in due course, it becomes like fire. It becomes fire. If you bring it out in touch with it, you know, you say I got touched, I got burnt. That you know, it's not what you say when you get touched by by an iron rod. You don't say I got burnt. But if you get touched by one that's been in the fire, then the only the short the only place the only extent to which this analogy falls apart is that 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 it will be temporary. You can take it out and it will again become like iron, but that won't happen. Hmm. Uh, under the influence of, of Baba Bhakti. So it takes over the mind hmm, and the senses, and devotees speak in certain ways, and acharyas in certain places, certain circumstances, by the influence of Bhakti in a way that would be most effective for the time. Hmm? And each one is perfect because hmm? they're moving under the influence of Bhakti and making a certain presentation later may not seem as palatable or as, as 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 compelling in different time and circumstance, but they were in that time, and they were moved, the devotee, uh, the acharya, by, by bhakti in such a way, so, with mind and senses and, and so forth. Hmm? Um, and so this then, uh, we've turned this thing around, as I said, so it becomes a savikalpa samadhi, becomes superior to nirvikalpa samadhi. This is a... This is a, like a, a, a super savikalpa, super uh, sampragyata samadhi. In other words, you have this differentiation of material life that you want to get rid of to have an one-mindedness. Otherwise the mind is going in many different directions, like branches of a tree. Hmm? So you have to to prune it and so forth, and then you you, you, you withdraw it. Is the is the gyan mark from all differentiation? You get it still, as yoga says. What is the from the sutra? Chitta vritti nirodha, chitta vritti nirodha. Somebody, Maharaj Ashramarsh, uh, today asked me that in Bhagavatam, in this tenth chapter of the second canto. There's a description of the ten subjects of the Bhagavatam. 
that it deals with. The ninth is called Nirodha. And in the word for word, where they're listed, Prabhupada translates Nirodha as going back to Godhead. It actually means uh, destruction. Chittavritti Nirodha, the destruction of the vrittis in the chitta, for example, to use it in that way. And Nirodha in the Bhagavatam speaks largely about the destruction of the world, the winding up of the world, poetically, as it's sometimes thought, back into, into Vishnu. Hmm? Vishnu Chakuri Thakur says this, this idea of God doing these things is, is, is metaphorical. He actually does nothing. He just wills. Hmm? So we talk about it in a certain way. Hmm? Um, but at any rate... Um, that's Nirodha, hmm? the, the, the elements merging back into another as they're described and so forth. And, and then in, in Susupti, till the universe expands again and so forth. Um, so, um, but if you read further, I said, if you read further in the text where each of those, they're, they're listed at first, and then each of them, there's a verse explaining them. And you see how he translates it there. And then he translates it in a way that seems more cor- correct. But in his commentary uh, uh, on Nirodha, uh, Marge and I were reading over the Skype, and we, dis- we discovered how he kind of brings the two together. And in, in a sense, they do come together. Because going back to God, or Mukti, liberation, which is the... Together means Mukti. Mukti is the last... Is I should say, Mukti is the... Is the, must be the the ninth subject. Nirodha is the eighth, and Krishna is the tenth, right? Yashrai Tattva, the shelter of everything. Others are sheltered nine principles. One is the shelter-giving principle. So Nirodha comes under him. Mukti comes under him. Mukti means going back to God in one sense, as it's defined in the Bhagavatam. Muktiratvandatarupam sarupena vivastiti leaving the negative and svarupena, vyastiti, attaining the positive situation in relation to the absolute. So the unwinding, if you will, and dismantling of the material universe, this goes on for the jiva individually, even while the world's going on, dismantles the various elements and so forth. And so Nirodha, in that sense, is, is tied to is required for going back to God. It's some justification, some reasoning for why prophets use it in that way at that at that time. So, at any rate, we we enfold, or how we would say, you 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 dissolve all the material variety, but in the context of pursuing spiritual variety. And so the whole thing is turned around, and, and as, I, as I say, then savikalpa or asa or sampragyata samadhi. It means samadhi. Samadhi means what? Dhi means intelligence. Sama equal. Hmm? This uh, equibalance. Is central to spiritual life, which is so different from material life, because material life is full of ups and downs based on chasing the fruits of my actions. And I chase the fruits, and some are good, and I go up, and some are bad, and I go down. And I'm riding on this roller coaster, so you come to some, some balance, and then you get your feet on the ground in Brahman, and then, you know, again you start moving. As I said, we love has a movement of its own and differentiation, variety, and so forth. So this is a superior idea, hmm? if you will. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a play on words in a sense because these are words, asam pragyata samadhi, uh, nirvikalp samadhi, sabhikalp samadhi. These are, these are words for ganmarg or yogamarg. We don't really use them. Hmm? But if we were to use them, we would say something like that, super sabhikalpa, hmm. something like super, super uh, sampragyata, hmm. qualities that are spiritual. Hmm. 
form, that is variety, that is spiritual, that doesn't get in the way of the basic unity and balance, if you will, peace hmm, that uh, spiritual culture, yoga, uh, spiritual practice is, 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 is uh, kind of, in one sense, centered on. Hmm? To come to the ground of being and realize, oh, I'm that ground. I'm part of that ground. Then to move on that. So, this is all, you know, about bhakti. So it's it's really his making. If you want to take, if you could, extract bhakti from Krishna, what will you have left? If you could, you could take all of the bhakti away from Krishna, I mean, Krishna is defined by bhakti, right? Here he is in a leela, and this leela is defined by the dominance of a particular sentiment: sakya, madhurya, vatsalya. Let's say these are the real forces of of the, of the world. So how can you tap? You can't have a dominar leela and not have Vatsalya. Okay, well, let's have a coward. Let's we'll take out the Saki. You can't have that. Let's have a romantic one. Take out the Madhuri. You can't have that. So if, if you can't have Madhuri Lila, Vatsalya Lila, Sakya Lila or Rasa, because you've taken the Sakya, Vatsalya, the Madhuri out, what do you have? What's left? What kind of Krishna will that be? What, what makes Krishna attractive? It makes Krishna Krishna. Hmm? In one sense, bhakti, right? Hmm? How can you take the bhakti out? What, what will Krishna do? If Krishna doesn't do anything, then what? Where will the char- where will the charm be? Who will he play his flute floor for? Hmm? Will he have a flute? What kind of flute is that? This long, beautiful section in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Mahaprabhu speaking about the flute of Krishna. Hmm? It's not an inanimate, you know, bamboo reed or something like that. <laughs> so really, the love of the devotee really does define God, hmm? make God alive and so forth. Hmm? Really it does. But that is a wise love. Hmm? That's not just a sentiment, a thought in the mind. Uh, and uh, and it's arrived at through a culture. So you know, there's a lot of nice thoughts about God and so forth, there's, but there's not a lot of culture of real sadhana. You take, for example, it's somewhat absent in the Christian world. They have prayers, but they tend to pray for other people and and so forth. And this idea of loving your neighbor kind of gets mixed up with loving the God with all your heart and soul because the, the, the distinguishing characteristics of God are not very much brought out in that uh, tradition. So if you don't have that, the point being, if you don't have that differentiation, if you don't have that specificity, then there's difficulty for loving. You follow me? And so then, how will you love God with your heart and soul? Love the people. But that was a different order. <laughs> you should love the people like your neighbor, your, 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 your neighbor like yourself. Hmm? The two are different. They're related, but they're different. Hmm? So we say, how do, you love, how do you love God? Well, invite him over for dinner. <laughs> how do you love anybody? Hmm? Yeah. You want to have lunch? You know, it's the start, hmm? right? So then we cook nicely. We invite him to our house, and we don't let him go home. We cook nicely. We take care of him so much that he just has, you know, no reason to go anywhere. Something like that. So it's very practical. We sing about him. So, and if you look at Krishna within Hinduism, the specificity about Krishna is 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 um, is considerable. The specificity with which Krishna is spoken of. Uh, how he's described is, is considerable. Hmm? His different leelas and 
qualities and so forth, hmm? more so than other, even avatars. Hmm? Means, it says, more capacity for loving hmm? in the person of Krishna. More, more, more bhakti, because we're quantifying a thing that's unlimited. Bhakti is, is perfect and beautiful in all of its expressions. Sudha bhakti, uttam bhakti, pure bhakti, um, in relation to all forms of God. Still, objectively speaking, this is the argument of the Gaudias, and it has some correspondence in the Gita, if you want to go to the Gita. Yeyatam mam papadyante. It means there's, there's, a, there's a hierarchy, there's a gradation. As you approach, I reciprocate accordingly. So all approaches aren't the same, all reciprocation isn't the same. That's true in a larger picture, hmm? approaching through jnana, through yoga, through, or bhakti, or within the smaller picture of bhakti itself. There are different approaches. Hmm? And so there will be different response. Hmm? was talking with the Ramanuja person said said, well we don't agree that there's a hierarchy. Hmm? I said, well, that's because in, in Baikunta there is no hierarchy. <laughs> Everyone's experiencing Narayan and in his different forms and so forth. As they like. As they like. And he also has a Gopalila. It shows that they want to see that, they see that. Of course, we will say there are Shanta Bhaktas there, there are, there are Dasi Bhaktas there, and so forth. But, but then Goloka is another thing. Hmm? Mahabhaikuntha. They speak about that in terms of its manifestation in Bhaikuntha. We're speaking about it with reference to the term Mahabhaikuntha and playing that out and what that means. And, and uh, a person wanted to argue on the, he says, you have to speak on the basis of the Three, what do they call it? Tri, prastan, the three evidences, the sutras, Vedanta, the Upanishads, and the Gita. You have to come to your conclusion. Hmm? My reply is, that's like asking you to prove Narayan on the basis of the Bible. We accept the Bhagavatam, and we have reasons for it. Hmm? So you please show me, on the basis of the Bhagavatam, how what I'm saying is not uh, acceptable. It's a very myopic kind of view that he had, if you follow me. Hmm? We have our reason. We, we, there's a good reason. Shruti Sara may come. What does the Guru, Guru Purana say also about the Bhagavatam? Arto Yam Brahma Sutranam. The Brahma Sutras are fully represented, are fully represented in the Bhagavatam. Brahma Sutra, Arto, uh, what is it? Uh, what did I just say? Artoyam Brahma Sutranam. The Arto, the meaning of the Brahma Sutras that's found in the Bhagavatam. Okay, so we have the there. Hmm? And uh, the text itself says, Shruti Saramik is the essence of the Shruti of the Upanishads. Hmm? It's the sequel to the Gita. Picks up right where the Gita left off. Huh? We have a lot of reasoning for that. Bharatarto Vinirnaya, is it? That is the, it's the essence of the Mahabharata. So, there, the Gita is there. Hmm? And um, Samaveda, something. Hmm? Amongst the Vedas is Samaveda. So, Shruti is there. All in Bhagavatam. <laughs> And Gayatri Basarupo. So, it's a commentary on the Gayatri Mandra, the, the primal sound, Om, and, and from that comes Gayatri, hmm, and all other Vedic mantra. So, we have, you know, this is, I'm just giving a superficial explanation. We could go on for a while, as Jiva Goswami has, as to why we feel evidence from a scriptural point of view from Bhagavatam is, is more than sufficient. Hmm? So you, you then if you, then we, we look at the Vedanta Sutra, we look at the Upanishads, we look at the Gita from the perspective of the of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? What are they really saying? Hmm. 
I mean, we can make for, we can understand. Golokas is another thing. Hmm? And and has to be somewhat unknown in Vaikuntha. Or, or thought about differently. So, with again, with regard to Krishna, we have this extreme measure of specificity. I mean, these lengthy descriptions of his flute, for example, of his hands, the bottoms of his feet, books about his footprints, and so forth. And such nuances of within the different sentiments of love for him. I mean, read Ujbal Nilmaniyam, it's just unbelievable. All the different nuances within Madhurya Rasa. The romantic Shingarasa, it's just incredible. Hmm. This is why Arjuna liked Krishna in his two-armed form more than the the Mishvarupa, universal form. Because he couldn't love it. Everything was there, but it was like, you know, there was no specificity. He was everything. Everything was him. The more he became specific and lovable. The love and the specificity, these things go together. So bhakti really defines Bhagwan. Again, if you take the bhakti out of Krishna, what have you got left? You have nothing to say. Do you? You have nothing to say. What's left? Of course, you can't do that, but what's left is, is would be Brahman. Hmm? So, we have good reason to say, Jai Radhe! Jai Radhe! <laughs> this is a very extreme position in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? And that love that she personifies, Mahabhav's Rupini, that love is, this is, this is, uh, let's say, the full face of love, that wise, and not like the shadow of love, the reflection of it in, in this world. It also knows no reason, but for good reason. Because it has reasoned wisely as to the futility of reason. <laughs> How a reason falls short. We don't want it. It doesn't help. Ultimately, ultimately, it can help at a certain point. So, what else? What's any guess? Go ahead. What did you say? What time? When does it come? When does the Sarup Shakti come into the devotee? It comes in in the very beginning. Because bhakti is Sarup Shakti. So as much as we are engaged in bhakti, then there's some influence of Sarup Shakti in our life. But the tangible, really, and transformative um, effect of bhakti is... Um, uh, manifest at the time of graduation from sadhana bhakti hmm, into bhava bhakti. Therefore, bhava bhakti is described as the ingress, if you will, of a ray of the sun of prema. Hmm. Sudha sattva visheshatma prema suryamsu Suryamsu means a ray of prema suryamsu, a ray of prem. It's a you know poetry. A ray of the sun of prem dawns in the heart of the devotee. Sudasattva visheshatma. Sudasattva means this pure existence. Hmm? Vishesh means some differentiation. Sudasattva visheshatma. That means 
a particular influence of Samvit, a, a corresponding influence of Ladini. Hmm? They will define then. Hmm? The Samvit is a kind of knowing. So I know myself to be a friend of Krishna. I know myself to be the lover of Krishna, something like that. And there's a corresponding Ananda or Ladini. Hmm? cultured and so forth. So this Bhava Bhakti, we say sometimes, this is the time, the ingress of the Surup Shakti, but it's there from the beginning also. Hmm? It's in a, a less noticeable, something like that. And doing work, cleansing out, getting rid of things. Hmm? Bhakti ret- retires them, other desires, puts the other shops in the heart out of, out of business. You follow? And sadhana bhakti is like bhakti in practice, with an apprenticeship, imitating, doing with the senses, but not necessarily with any feeling. But sometimes, see, we could talk about these in different stages, but there's obviously obviously some overlapping. We may get an abhas, a shadow of bhava, in good company and so forth, and have real feeling. It doesn't last. Hmm. and so forth, but we know what's to come. Does that help? Yeah. I was thinking because in this verse from Shrada, Adur Shrada, uh, uh, there is after uh, an alternative, there is this, I should explain, what is it? Maybe, like after hmm. Shrada, then there is Bajana Kriyana. It's always for certain you are you are advancing, but then uh, when you come up on Arthamilita, there is Siat, I think, which means kind of a baby. There's what? Nishta. Siat, Nishta. It says the Siat, where it explains is like, you know, maybe then Nishta. All the others are kind of, up, up to an art and everything is kind of guaranteed. You do this, you do this, you do this. But then, the questionable point is, uh, after an alternative to reach Nishna because it's such a procedure to go through, I guess. Who says it's questionable that you will attain Nishta? Well, she's, she's referring to one class we had. You know, I remember once you know, in class and he was referring to that verse and then he was saying... Which verse? This... Uh, Adal Shraddha. Uh-huh. And then he explained this after an alternative to is Syat, I think. The word... Syat? Yeah, yeah. All the others they say ta 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 ta. Oh oh. But after an alternative it says shiat. It doesn't say ta ta. It says shiat. That's the kind of. He defined that as meaning that 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 shiat means that it's not like. What did he say? He was saying that that is questionable that somebody will come out of an alternative. You can come to the an alternative. But then, will you, will you, like, pass that? It's questionable. Not in my mind. <laughs> and I never heard any explanation like that. And certainly it's not explained like that in Madhuri Kadamani or by Jiva Goswami, Rupa Goswami, where the verse, Rupa Goswami gives the verses. Hmm? There's two verses in Bhaktivedanta Sindhu. Jiva Goswami, Vishwanath, don't comment on it like that. Hmm? And Vishwanath has written a whole book on those two verses called Madhuri Kadambani. He never makes any comment like that, or even the slightest indication that that's the case. Hmm? Well, he's going to hover in an Arta Nivriti. An Arta Nivriti means the Nartas are gone. So the reason that your bhakti is not steady is because you have these primary principal Nartas in the way. So if the obstacles are cleared, why will your bhakti not be steady? That those are what getting in the are getting in the way of it. I really was referring to the like if you you don't have determination to find your answers, so you're you're staying always in the same place. Well, Nishta is not for fighting the Anarthas. No, before. Bhajana Kriya. Anyway, now I've never heard any explanation um, like that. Mahaprabhu has not taught that in his. Shikshastika. It's not there in, in the Bhajan Rahasya of Bhakti Vinod Thakur either. Hmm. 
No. If you do your bhajana kriya nicely, an artist will come out. If an artist will come out, your practice will be become steady. And there will be culture and steady practice, and it will lead to ruchi. Now, there's something to be said for the fact that you could cleanse the heart by other means other than bhakti. In Gyanmarg, they try to come to an artanivritti. They don't do anything after that. That's it. It's the same idea as chittavritti niroda, cleansing the heart. Hmm? Whereas, whereas to attain nishta, ruchi, and so forth, this requires bhakti. That would be more the differentiation between those stages. Hmm? That those early stages, excuse me, could be attained by other means, and in the context of attaining them by other means, you will not necessarily get nishta, ruchi, or anything else. Hmm? But if in the context of bhakti and its pursuit, you overcome obstacles and so on and so forth, then the very pursuit that you're involved in that was hindered by the obstacles will be facilitated by the clearing of the obstacles in a manner that corresponds with what Nishta's descri- how this Nishta is described. So there's a differentiation in that in that sense. I think he may have, you know, crossed over a little bit to and that's kind of some of some of the devotees that are like that. that there's this really on this purity thing, you know, and, and work and it's effort based and uh, um, almost sometimes it's reward and uh, act and, and get rewards and I, I, it's a little different than I think about it. Hmm. So for good reason. Um, Surely you will get Nishta and Ruchi Asakti. What else? Yes. Dramana boys mm, would be kind of like manjari because they uh, they serve Mahaprabhu like manjaris would serve Krishna not in the same way like Madhuri no there's no that's not what there's something called Nadia Nagarabhava that posits the idea that there are manjaris Attendance of Vishnu Priya, and they serve Vishnu Priya, and then they, they make they they don't want to hear the name of Radha. That group, we stay away from them. Hmm. So these ideas, that's Nadia Nagarabhav. Then then there's Gornagarbhav. Hmm. Gornagarbhav is 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 the is the so-called desire to have a romantic relationship with, with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the object of romantic love. The problem with that, of course, is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is trying to be the vessel of romantic love and make Krishna the object of romantic love. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is trying to be a gopi. If you say, I want to be a gopi and I want you to be Krishna, he says, well, I'm trying to be a gopi too, so <laughs> that isn't going to work in this leela. <laughs> You have to worship me according to the mood that I'm in. My mood is I want to be a gopi, so don't try to make me into Krishna hmm? and love me like a gopi. That's for my other leela. In this leela, I'm trying to be like, from be in Radha's position. So you're a disturbance to me. So that's how we, Krishna Das, and that's how Vrindavan Das have looked at this, these ideas. See, they are not sanctioned by them. Chaitanya Charitamrita does not give any credence to them. Whatsoever, Chaitanya Bhagavad makes a very strong statement against them. So these were ideas that were out about, and and, and to, to some extent, and um, and the the kind of the, the Nicene Council of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, if you will, hmm. that took 
all these feelings and thoughts and about the person of Chaitanya that was so extraordinary and how people were trying to understand him and and um, and uh, identify him historically, what is this about, his appearance. And, and then it was the Goswamis that sorted out what that is, and Krishnas became their main spokesperson. And then Krishnas, speaking from the perspective of the Goswamis, who were commissioned by Mahaprabhu, he sorted out what sentiments and so forth that were percolating and around um, before Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Goswami's books were written, so forth, which ones were fit within that and which ones didn't. And um, so, it's like I say, it's like Nicene Council. There was no real meeting, but I mean, <laughs> Chaitanya Charitamrita was, uh, was the vehicle really through which the Goswami's teachings became the orthodoxy of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And that would be a heterodox Opin, uh, I, those are heterodox ideas. Hmm? Do you understand? Well, the idea of becoming a Brahmin boy in Gaurilila has nothing to do with with Nagari Bhav. That's a whole different thing. It means Dasya Bhav, Prachetanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? All right, what's the time? Okay, we'll stop there. Sri Sri Dauji Gopal ki jai, Guru Vaishnav Guru Paramparaki jai, Gaur Bhakti Brinda ki jai, Gaur Premanandi.